This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest's Short Shots, a new podcast in which we shall showcase short films. Our regular listeners will know that we are very enthusiastic about short films and want to provide a bigger platform to discuss and share with you. Uh, and on that note, this week we're looking at four films which have um, a theme in that they are sort of movie tie-ins or um, franchise tie-ins, shall we say, um, fan films, that sort of thing. Uh, we're going to kick off with uh, Jumanji Level 1. Then we're going to take a look at Pokemon, Annette's Curse. Uh, then we've got a Star Wars film called Scorekeeper. And then we're going to end with a bit of Terry Pratchett, no less, with Troll Bridge. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Jumanji Level One. Uh, this film wants to take us back to the origins of the board game uh, and show how it was cursed in the first place. Um, Rich, over to you straight away. Uh, this I've been wanting to see this for quite a while. It's it, it as we've as we're recording, it's only really just been released uh, after a few delays. It's from the same makers as the Revenge of the Mask films uh, one or two of which i think we've discussed in uh, the short shot segment on the on the main show yep and we've been quite interested in what uh, lance Cowas and his uh, colleagues have been putting together uh, there have been some teasers for uh, the tie-in with jumanji i think in the in the at the end of the was it the rise of odin's nine mm. uh, that had the that they showed the Jumanji board at the end. Yes, right. Yes, in in the yeah. museum sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So there was yeah. kind of a, a teaser there. So, so what's interesting about this one is this isn't as they've got uh, been at pains to point out. It isn't a fan film. Uh, this is uh, an officially licensed film, uh, which has been uh, produced to raise money for uh, a children's hospital or a children's hospice uh, in America, in Michigan, uh, and it's about uh, it. it well, I'll just check about it. It's uh, 19 minutes long. It's about 20, it's 23 minutes long if you when you go to YouTube to watch it. But there's actually a little sort of mini documentary thing at the end, which explains about uh, the fundraising and why it's so important. But the film itself is about 19 minutes. And for me, it was a big step up from uh, uh, the, the mask films, especially uh, Revenge of the Mask 2 uh, I'd watched recently and felt that the structure of that was a bit wrong it, can't, it, it it does suffer from the same problem in that it builds up to a point where it then ends and you're like well hang on a minute this is like the jumping off point <laughs> that, that you want it to keep going so it, it it does suffer in that regard but the the structure is there's there's a bit more there's more that's happening uh consistently so there's uh there's three parts to the film uh start uh, with the uh, the a board game being created, uh, then it being found uh, and started to be played in, in the tent uh, with a colleague. In, in this is in 1869, I think, yep. and then uh, that character uh, demise, and then the board game coming into the possession of his family, which is where the story ends. Uh, and I thought the cinematography and you know the locations and <clears throat> the 
even the visual effects and that are really strong in it. Uh, I, th- I thought they did a, a really good job. Yeah, I, I, th- I agreed up to a point. Um, so, so this film ties in. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it, it is a sort of an official thing, and they, they managed to tie it in with the character of Van Pelt, who's the um, sort of the great white hunter guy who turns up in the first Jumanji. The Robin film. Williams one, yeah. Yeah, the Robin Williams one. Um, so obviously, you know, it, it, it's a lot lower budget, but they they do quite a bit i must admit so you know we 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 get as you say the um the origins of the game how it how it came into be and the fact that jumanji was actually the name of the inventor of the game um as as well which which is an interesting sort of twist that which they came up with um yeah as as a sort of kicking off point i think it it's reasonably good i think you know considering how how big and bombastic the actual main films are. Um, I'm not entirely convinced this does an original story justice. No, I think that's fair. And also the thing, the thing that's a bit unsettling is the over the end credits are a number of snippets of scenes that Mm. you can't quite tell. Is that their way of quickly wrapping up the story? To, to, because the budget's so tight, they they just sort of show us elements of what happens after mm. the climactic moment. Um, or is that it's because it almost plays like a teaser for the next instalment. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how that works. The thing is, when I was watching it online live, I had no idea how long the film was going to be. So it comes on, you know, you wait for the premiere to happen. You know, mm. it just it just says live, and and so not knowing how long it was you're immediately thinking well you, you don't know where things are so therefore the when it suddenly ends it's much more of a shock than if you're if you go into it saying oh okay i know this is going to end after 19 minutes or, or whatever so it's, it's interesting as well i mean it's funny you should say that because i mean i i wasn't aware that this was even a short um the trailer the trailer dropped on um imdb uh, mm. a couple of weeks back uh, you know and, and i saw it and, and I thought uh, somebody's made a sort of um, you know a low budget sort of film version, but mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't realise it was an actual short at the time. So yeah, yeah. it's been it's been quite the thing is there were people tuning in for it and you know doing the instant messaging and being disappointed because they were like oh I was expecting a feature film mm. and you know why would you why you would expect a feature film to appear on YouTube? Yeah, you know, there it, is that. Like, yeah. Um, but also not being very surprised and oh is that it kind of and I, and I do understand that they, they, if if they'd have marketed it in a way that was a bit clearer as to what it was you know this is going to be a short film you know it's not don't expect it to be <laughs> the same thing so um yeah I think if as long as you go in with the right expectations I think you'll have a good time with it fans will enjoy it and non-fans I'm not a fan so I haven't even seen the new ones which obviously the level one idea is tying into the new game. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't fit. That's that's the problem, you know. Yeah. It, it, so yeah, level one, yeah, t- tie into the the new versions where yeah. the the game has evolved into a video game. Yeah, but there's but, no there's but, no level. <laughs> there's but, no but, level. Exactly. But this yeah. is sort of like showing fly. the original board game and board how game. it actually works which was nice in a way it was nice to sort of go back and actually sort of revisit the original sort of rules and things you know they, they do a really good job of that which i thought was really cool 
Does um, the, could, as a sidestep, mm-hmm. in the new versions, which, which have you seen both of them? I love the, the, the remakes, yeah, or the, oh, okay. the, the sequels, yeah. So you think I should watch them? Okay. I think so. I, th- I think Dexter will probably like them. Okay. Uh, the um, So does the board game itself feature, or is it kind of a, oh, they show it at the beginning of the first film, and then they it's you know discarded because they've gone in this new direction? How does that work, if I can just... Yeah, I mean, well... Um, it, 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 it turns up in the high school basically, but as mm. as a video game, so it's right. like it's, it's morphed to fit with the times. If you see what I mean. So the board, the the, the physical board game version of it is not a feature of no. the new films. Okay. No, but but so, they they do they still manage to tie it in with the first film. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it's set in the set the world that Robin Williams' character was sent to, is the same world that the other characters are sent to in the other films. Right. Okay. And where does Zathura tie in? Do you know? No idea. That was kind of the the space version, wasn't it? The space version with Tim Robbins. John Favreau did. Anyway, so we got off track. So, um, yeah, so Jumanji level one is, say, it's very, I think it's quite an accomplished production. It's worth staying for the last few minutes to to hear a little bit about um, why they've made the film, you know, what the motivation is in fundraising for the film. I think that's... uh, that's you know that's very interesting yeah and it, it brings another sort of dimension to the whole thing so uh, yeah it's i think it's well worth checking out and what would as we're doing a show now dedicated to shorts shall we score these ones what do you think mike all right yeah okay so scoring out of 10 i think this would score a six i think i will go a seven yeah i'm gonna go a seven on this one Cool. We will put the uh, a link to the film in the footnotes, so check it out. A six and a seven from me and Rich. Our next film is Pokemon Banette's Curse. A father and his daughter um, retreat to a winter cabin or winter house uh, following the death of uh, his wife. Um, and has a bit of an argument with his daughter about whether or not he should continue um, or allow his daughter to um, continue trying to train Pokemon. Um, But there's something in the house going on. So, Rich, over to you. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't say, a bit bit like with Jumanji, I'm not a Pokemon fan. I used to watch the cartoon when Mm. I was a lot younger and stuff, but I'm not up to date with who all the characters are and all this sort of stuff. So Bennett's curse really meant nothing to me, but the, uh, it was kind of sold as a horror take on Pokemon, which, uh, which intrigued me. And I was really impressed with the, uh, the whole thing, really the, pr- the production values are excellent. The location is, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in this like winter cabin, mm location uh looks really good the you know the cinematography is excellent uh introduces it's kind of a killer doll themed short but it's not it's not as it is it's not as it seems although people who know pokemon lore will probably know where it's gonna go or something but mm. uh yeah i thought i i, I, I was I, I must admit I, I was sort of uh the early scenes i was flicking through i was like pass you know um and when it got to the middle section, I'm thinking, 
when's anything to do with Pokemon actually going to come into this? Because I think they mention it a couple of times, and you find out that uh, the deceased wife was a Pokemon trainer who died in a, yeah. in a weird Pokemon training accident. So probably yes. one, one of a um, one of a Pokemon probably turns on her like Siegfried and Roy. Um, <laughs> and, and and that's sort of you know uh, so as as a result of that the dad wants nothing to do with Pokemon I think and uh, you know the daughter's sort of really interested in it and he's um, a he was a Pokemon trainer as well Pokemon trainer as well player I can't remember yeah. if he was a player or but yeah. he's kind of he's kind of left Pokemon behind mm. uh, and yeah the the circumstances dictate that he sort of confront his yeah. uh, true feelings about. Uh, but his, there is, yeah, there is an interesting element to it. Um, you know, as you said, it's almost like a Gremlins episode, you know, um, or Critters or something like that. Mm -hmm. Something, something's in the house, you know, sort of sneaking around yeah. and trying to find it. Um, or even like Burnt, you know, we watched that mm. uh, in, in yeah, the yeah, exactly, main yeah. show, we watched the, the toaster movie, and the, there's a thing in the house, the toaster, and they put it in the bin, and then it gets out of the bin and stuff. It's same yeah. kinds of stuff. So you've got that sort of stuff going on with the, with the thing, but that turns out to be a huge red herring and, and isn't what it seems, which, which is really good. You know, when that sort of was revealed, I thought, okay, this is actually sort of perking up a bit. Um, the end of the film... Uh, the father and daughter do something incredibly stupid Consi considering the world they live in and what they know about pokemon and all the rest of it and they, even with you know with a um uh, you know a passing um idea of sort of you know the concept of what pokemon is a lot of people will be really questioning their decision judgment the and, yeah, <laughs> it's a <bit> irresponsible <laughs> a little bit <laughs> Just a little bit. Why don't I just throw, throw a hand grenade into a bloody, you know, play, playground, for God's sake? Because we get a post-credit sequence or a mid-credit sequence. I can't remember which it is. is. There? I didn't, I didn't see that. I, I just saw the bit where somebody finds the, the post Oh, that was, that was the bit. That yeah. was it. Was it right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was the bit. I, mean, the, I couldn't remember if it was the end of the film yeah. or post-credits or whatever it was. But yeah, yeah that's... I, I did skim through the credits <laughs> to see if there's anything else because I've, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's an interesting one. And... You know, Pokemon, obviously, we've got um, Detective Pikachu, which sort of takes a sort of live action approach, which, you know. Um, which this is, but, obviously. Yeah, so, well. but obviously, that's got a huge budget. This, this one doesn't, yeah. but um, but it does it really well. It, you know, it does animate sort of, you know, the Pokemon, uh, what you see quite well. And it does sort of give it a more, a sort of realistic. Uh, out, you know, a realistic spin on the, yeah. you know, if, if Pokemon actually exists, yeah, yeah. yeah, you could almost sort of see this actually happening, you know, if, if, if you were willing to accept Pokemon as a reality, this is probably, you know, what it, what it would appear as. And the heart of the story is that the, you know, the, 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 the widow, uh, the widowed, you know, father and his daughter, you know, they, they, there's, that there's a divide between them, you know. They're not, and the the whole, what the events of the story bring them closer together. So it's kind of got that, you know, family friendly, you know, aspect to it. You know, it's not too scary. It's more about mm. it's more it's more about atmosphere and stuff. You know, kids could watch it. It's it's probably no scarier than some some you know. Yeah scarier kids kids stories it's not like a full-on it's not like a horror horror movie with like blood no, and guts no, or anything no, not, not, like not at all but that was kind of which was 
a bit what I was expecting, but there is a bit of that atmosphere. There certainly is. Mm. It could it could have gone that way, you know. It, mm. it would have fit the story quite well if it had. Mm. But, but it's Pokemon, so no. <laughs> As usual, we'll put the um, the link into the footnotes so check it out um how are we going to score this rich um i, I think for myself this would have to be a seven out of ten yeah i'm gonna go and I'm, I'm gonna go an eight out of ten on this one for me cool yes a seven and an eight check it out in the links below our next review is scorekeeper this is a star wars story um, in which a gang of rebels uh, are on a mis- rescue mission on a um, forest planet, by the looks of it. Um, and instead of finding the Wookiee captive they were sort of sent to get, they end up with this sort of female doctor who's um, may not be all she seems. Rich, over to you. I was uh, I, I didn't really know what to expect going into this. We've seen a lot of Star Wars fan films that have uh, have been of really high quality hmm. and uh, the the uh, the opening of this is kind of a, a spaceship landing kind of it was a bit you know it's not very engaging but then uh, a couple of moments later we're in what is quite a, a limited space uh, you know um you don't really move away from it but it's a very sort of uh yeah limited sort of warfare uh space which i thought was really well handled it, it was it was yeah the the, the the cinematography and the, the the camera moves and everything even though some of the movements of the performers seemed a bit wooden and you know not, not quite you know uh, as as you would expect in obviously bigger budget and professional production but the the certainly the way it looked it really drew you in and sort of convinced you of the the sort of gravity of the the conflict that was going on i i, I was kind of sold on it at that point and what the the selling point of the film is that it features a character from the Star Wars universe called Bosk, mm. who I don't really know about, uh, but is uh, connected to Boba Fett. I'm going to stop you there because when I, when I was when I was growing up, and Star Wars figures are all the thing. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where you had the normal Star Wars figures, all the characters you know, you know, so Obi Wan, Princess Leia, Luke, Han, Chewie, the two droids, etc. Okay, and then they brought out a second um, series, which is all the characters had like one scene each. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you had like um, the the robot droids, uh, sort of so the the um, the bounty hunters. There's a famous scene in uh, Empire Strikes Back where you got the bounty hunters all lined up and um, uh, Darth Vader's briefing them on what to do. And Bosk is one of those. The other, one of the other ones is the um, the, the droid bounty hunter who turns up in the Mandalorian as well. Mm-hmm. So, so Bosk is known for one scene in Empire Strikes Back. Right. Uh, so no one's ever heard him speak or anything like that or, or hardly move even, but but there he is. Um, yeah, so, so that, that's where they, they've managed to get that character from. And the whole movie is essentially building up to his appearance, yeah. or at least for the first two, two-thirds. Uh, we, we, we're on the ground with these forces, uh, you know, more like a Rogue One kind of situation, uh, yeah. but something doesn't seem quite right when you're watching it. It's like you're in the Star Wars world, but then suddenly there's this guy, big guy with this uh, is it Gatling gun kind of yeah. thing. It was, it's, yeah, it, it, like, it's, it's very strange. I know this character, or yeah. you know, he looks yeah. like someone, and then you realise 
that this what you're watching is a Star Wars remake of Predator. I know. And and the thing is, what, what's what's funny, right? I, I remember talking to somebody a while ago. Um, sort of when the, the sort of doing the um, yeah, I think it was around the time that A uh, Force Awakens was coming out. Uh, you know, the first of the, the the last trilogy. And it was like when I realized they were just reusing the same characters, like, oh, they're bringing back Harrison Ford, they're bringing back Chewbacca and all this sort of shit. And I was like, why? Their story's done. you got this whole universe to play with, do something else, you know? And I, and I thought at the time, what if what if we had like a an Aliens film with stormtroopers, you know, a, a squad of stormtroopers cut off and sort of like surrounded by Z, some sort of xenomorph creatures or something, you know? Uh, so, so somebody's taken that sort of, you know, a riff on the sort of similar riff and gone, hmm, Predator, Star Wars, <laughs> an interesting cocktail, uh, and, and sort of gone down that route. But yeah, it's, 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 you know, I was distracted for a minute and I looked back to the screen and I thought, why is Jesse Ventura in a Star Wars film? Yeah, and he does look just like him, really, doesn't he? Does. He It looks really like he him. He's, really even got, he's even got that sort of, um, that same sort of hat, you know, the sort of Australian-style jungle hat with one side folded up. Yeah, I think they've gone to a lot of effort to yeah. try replicate uh, as close as possible. I mean, you, when you get to the end of the film and they're, and they're doing the, uh, the roll call... Yes, it's exactly the same as Predator. Yeah. But the thing is, it's... That is funny. Mm. There are funny moments, and and we get a we get a recreation of the, um, you know, the Carl Weathers Arnie, you know, mm, clap, yes. holding their arms together, uh, uh, you know, m- m- muscles bit. Yeah. Uh, the manliest uh, handshake in the manliest handshake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they do that. There's things like that, but it's not played for laughs at all. The film yeah. is very, it's completely straight, and the, and there's an element of humour that comes out of it. Mm. but it's not intended to be a joke so it's a it's a curious mashup uh, there was a sim- similar thing done recently with uh, star wars origins which combined the the idea was to combine the star wars universe and the indiana jones universe together right uh, and that that was quite interesting i can't remember if we covered that one but that was no. and uh, and uh yeah so this this kind of uh mashup of characters is i think there are other examples of stuff like this in the fan film world mm. but this i'm it's almost like the fact that they've done it as predator so much like predator mm. uh, and they are upfront about it i mean on the on the listing it does call it a star wars predator mashup um it kind of undermines the quality of it in a way a little bit because yeah. i think if i think it was it would have been strong enough without so it, it follows all the beats and mm. you kind of pick it up when you oh, okay you're watching watching Predator, which is fine. Mm. I think if they'd have just done little nods rather than blatantly doing the, sort of blatantly like, yeah, doing yeah, the whole thing yeah. uh, in uh, in its, uh, what, 16-minute uh, uh, running time yeah. in credits. Uh, so, but it's really good. I, I do highly recommend it, but it's just... It, that, that Yeah, just I, I, I recommend it up to a point because, mm. as you said, it's building up to the reveal of Bosk at the end. And I think they made a bit of a wrong choice with his voice because he sounds campy as hell he sounds like a, he sounds like a camp yoda you know he's supposed to be this badass guy he's carrying around a wookie's head for god's sake you know he's he's a real sort of nasty piece of work and he speaks like this he does you know it's like hmm it's a shame but uh, wow. other than that it's it's solid 
that didn't that didn't bother me so much it was more the you know the suit is really good i mean you know, the, mm. the mask and that but the mask can't move for the yeah, um, it can't move the mouth or whatever but it's, which is unfortunate but i don't really have a, a gripe about that i think i think it's really good they've done a really beautiful poster for it as well if you look it up mm. on uh, the imdb uh, the poster looks great makes you really want to see it uh it's uh it's certainly i'd like i this is made by a, a group called creative force films uh and uh, i'm you know whatever they do in the future i'm very enthusiastic to absolutely see what they come up yeah. with so how are we going to score this one rich you go first uh i'm gonna go and uh just because of taking that edge off of you know mm. i think it could have been better if it wasn't quite as predatory i'm gonna say seven out of ten yeah, I want to join you on a seven. It's it's fun. It's definitely fun, definitely entertaining. Um, you know, if you're a fan of Predator, then you're definitely going to get something out of this, I think. So two sevens for Scorekeeper. Our next review is Troll Bridge. Uh, this is based on a Terry Pratchett character called Cohen the Barbarian, who travels to this uh, desolate wasteland where there's a bridge with a troll living under it and as he describes to his horse he decides that um you know he's done everything else in the world so why not take on a troll um but things don't go the way he plans his horse plans or even the troll plans um rich i really really engaged with this um i'm a big fan of terry pratchett uh, I've got most of his books. I mean, I must admit, you know, when he was, uh, his last couple, I think he sort of struggled with, you know, when he was sort of battling with his dementia and he had to get somebody else in to sort of help him. Um, but for the most part, I've probably read just about all of them. Have you, are you a fan? I'm not. Uh, it's I'm not, you know, I've got nothing against him, but fantasy is not my thing. So therefore I'm not really uh, au fait with all the, I've never read one of his books, for example, um, and uh, I don't really know what book this is an adaptation. Well, it's it's not. So, so the character himself, he's, he's turned up in a couple of stories. He was, he was in the original. No, he's in the second book, which was called The Light Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't turn up again until much later in a book called Interesting Times, where he's trying to steal a continent. And he's this, you know, he's basically the character, is Conan the Barbarian, if he's um, able to sort of live to old age, mm-hmm. you know, and as, as he says in the film, you know, he said, said, yeah, you know, I've had riches, but drunk it all, eaten it all, you know, giving it away, sort of, seen it, you know, screwed all the princesses and all the rest of it, fought all the dragons, you know, he's, he's, he's done it all basically, but he's still alive. It's still going, and the world's changing with it without him, basically. And it, it, it's it's quite a melancholic story, as well. You know, him and this sort of troll that he, he intends to fight, but in the end, they just end up having this long conversation about how how the world's sort of changing. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly like this one. It, it, it's not actually it, no. but it is, but it is it is really intrinsic to. Pratchett and the way you know that his prose it, it, it does a really good job of emulating um his, his storytelling yeah I've just looked up uh, that it's it's they what they did is they adapted a short story that he, uh Pratchett had done in a book called After the King 
uh, is right. also available in another one called a blink on a blink of the screen hmm. it's a collection of, of short stories that they they included in uh, the, the original one was uh an anthology to pay homage to jrr tolkien which i guess right. you can kind of see there is a sort of a lord of the ringsy kind of element especially the sort of peter jackson-ish sort of visuals in the movie yeah um, uh, it, the thing I would have to say coming in completely cold is, you know, how beautiful the production is, you know, the locations, oh, look superb, yeah. Yeah. The, the rendering of the bridge itself is incredible. The bridge, is, it's funny, I was watching it and I, I thought, they I wasn't sure, but I thought they nicked the bridge from the game Skyrim. Okay. <laughs> it, I don't know. It's that sort of, sort of thing, but, um, but, you know, what the hell? It's, 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 a, they, yeah. it's a, a, the film took 17 years to to sort of bring to fruition i think they filmed a lot of the footage several years ago hmm. uh and uh yeah so a, a lot of love and attention has gone into it i think they finished it in about 2019 but it's you know done uh, done whatever it's done before it's been hmm. you know made freely available this is this like the jumanji one is not a fan film it is a you know officially licensed production hmm. Uh, from uh, an uh, Australian filmmakers, I believe uh, they're called Snow Gun Films. Uh, but uh, I didn't. I was quite drawn to uh, Cohen the Barbarian, the, the performer uh, Don Bridges, and I was there was an air of familiarity about him. And then I checked his filmogra- filmography, and he was in Two Heads Creek, All which right. we, we watched on All the main right. show uh, a few weeks back. And as yeah. soon as I saw that, I was like, "Yes, I know exactly who he was mm-hmm. in that." Um, he was that sort of crazy old guy who was, um, oh, in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the, in, in the <laughs> village, whatever. But he's fantastic in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's He nails the character. Uh, yeah. as, well, as far as I'm concerned, he nails the character. He, he really does, uh, yeah. He brings a lot of pathos to it. You know, um, there's a bit where he's sort of going, oh, yeah, there was a king once. You know, there's, his, his line delivery was superb. Yeah, yeah and he's, you know, he's, he's got this... He's having to interact with... Uh, Art, you know, CGI characters basically. Well, he's got a horse, but the horse has got an animated mouth. The horse is brilliant. Yeah. All the all the dialogue is great, which I presume has been, you know, pulled out of Terry, mm. you know, straight from Terry Pratchett into this. Uh, I presume there might there might be some changes. I I, I, I would guess they've stuck pretty close to the source because why would you change what Terry Pratchett's written yeah. uh, basically? But uh, the yeah yeah the so. He gets there. He's old. He's weathered. You know, he's, he's. We first meet him. You know, he's supposed to be this mighty warrior, and he can't. You know, he's got prostate problems or whatever. He can barely. <laughs> the song uh, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The song. The, oh, there's a song at the end, which is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, the film ends after about twenty-two. It's twenty-eight minutes long. Ends after about twenty-two, and there's long credits. But the song is fantastic. I, I meant to look up who it was by because mm. it, it did mention it was called like what Co and the Barbarian did next. Yeah. So it, it essentially continues the story. Mm. after we've seen him there as far as i'm aware and, and it's just one of these great storytelling songs <laughs> you know you just leave listening and the, and the the word play and and you know the the rhythm of it is just uh fantastic it's as good as the the main film itself so yeah. anybody watching it should definitely not turn off as soon as the the credits start you know because th- there's so much more to the story okay. interestingly um i'm not sure if you've seen this or not but um was it bbc america uh, produced a series based on the night watch which is um 
one of uh, Terry Pratchett's most beloved sort of characters. They, they appear, mm -hmm. they appear in multiple books, basically um, starting with God's Guards, mm -hmm. and um, it looks awful. It, it, look, it really looks like a complete bastardization of you know sort of characters. It, it's it's one of those things where you know if you if you know the books really well, and then you see somebody else's uh, take on it, and you go. No, you've you've misinterpreted it completely. But that, you know that might be their interpretation. But but I know there's a lot of Pratchett fans up in arms about what what they've done with this um, series. It will be on BBC at some point as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but this this seems to be a much more faithful um, adaptation of uh, something that Pratchett would have been proud of. I think. Yeah, I've read some criticisms of some of the CGI with the troll, but I don't see that myself. I was quite, I, I was quite happy well, with the, very well the way the troll yeah. looked. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's essentially an animated character, but the 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 um yeah the the rendering and he, again, there's so much pathos with the characters. You know, they're supposed. To, it's almost like they're building up to this battle, and they're like, oh, you know, it's like, well, he's too tired for it, and the other ones. Um, to enamor, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there was, there's this great turning point in the story yeah. <laughs> where he's where he, he's he's like the angry troll, and he goes, "Hang on a minute, yeah. <laughs> you're the you're, it's, we got a celebrity here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get the family, bring him out to meet you." And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, hang on a minute, That's, we're supposed to be having a fight." <laughs> yeah. yes. And and again, you know, you have this bit where. <laughs> towards the end you sort of find out that Cohen had actually given him money instead of the other way around you know he's mm -hmm. going to fight him for his treasure but yeah he ends up with information which is going to be useful to him you know at the end of it he's sort of he's got the addresses of his three stepbrothers mm -hmm. so which is which is a, a nice little twist as well yeah I think it's it's a really really good film uh mm -hmm. it's a, it's a it's very cinematic uh, so it is, yeah, it's got some great sort of like you know um, sweeping shots of like you know the icy tundra and stuff you mm -hmm. know which, which just really really well done. It gives them it gives it a real epic uh, look. So, Rich, over to you with scores. I'm going to go nine out of ten on this one. Well, I'm going to go a solid eight. So I've always been a step behind you on this week, but, um, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, yes, yeah, so an eight and a nine for Troll Bridge again. The link will be in the footnotes. Check it out. And that's the end of this week's episode. All the links will be in the footnotes, so check them out. Uh, thank you to Rich for helping me out on this first episode. No problem at all. Yeah. And don't yeah. forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages where you'll find um, news about the DTV chart and all the upcoming releases on DTV land. So thank you for listening and tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.